on this episode of PL and PJ's Chelsea Clear and Conte coming in. Back to an extra cozy episode of PL and PJs. Jake, I was going to mention that if you did the normal intro of like mm-hmm. the only Premier League with Jessica, you know, oh, you know, we've we've got Jamie's whatever. We are on a couch. We're on a couch. This is a big change of scenery for us. One time only. Limited maybe, time only. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> we may have to do this again sometime. Yeah. We don't know how things are going to work. You got to recover from a hamstring injury, right. not unlike the one that I had just a few weeks ago myself. More like peas and carrots. But was it worth it to win another, a consecutive, a back-to-back Das Boot championship? It was. Um, the feeling of my hand on that cheap glass Das Boot at the end of the game after we won the penalties, thanks to Mr. Brent himself being our keeper, making two saves, uh, it made it all worth it. And can I just say, I've decided I'm going to try out for the U.S. men's national team. I mean... You'll give Stefan a run for money. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Sure. Yeah, and on top of that, you can try out for the men's national team, right? It's not like they come to you; you go to them, right? And you're like, hey, like I want to try out for your team. Here's a hundred bucks. Can I, can I join your tryouts? Yeah, it's open tryouts. I'm not sure if you've seen, but there's this show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, oh. and the Eagles have open tryouts. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot like that. I'm familiar. This is a lot like <laughs> that. But Jake, you mentioned a key word. Which one? When you said which was open. Open. Open tryouts. Open season. Open season. However, this Premier League is not quite so open. Ooh. It's the season seeming maybe a little closed to a few teams at the top and one in particular. Are you talking about Chelsea? I sure am, Jake. Okay. How do you know? Because it's on my outline sheet. Oh, yeah. no, that makes sense. But Chelsea currently are three points clear at the top of the table after Liverpool drew 2-2 with Brighton in stellar fashion from mm-hmm. Brighton. And then Manchester City also dropped points against Crystal Palace. And now, it has to be said that Chelsea are the title favorites. Brent, I I definitely agree. And I I think we should expand on City dropping points to Crystal Palace. They lost. 2-0. Yeah, no, they did. They got an early red card, which was a bummer. But they were already down 1-0 when that happened. Right. So, uh, I mean, it was bad. It was just a terrible day. It was a shambolic day at the office. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, Chelsea clear at the top. I mean, we thought they were favorites going into this. I mean, season. I did. I picked you picked them. them. Yeah. Um, I I tried to have like the indie choice and sure. picked United, which I wish I didn't. That does kind of fit your vibe, you know, kind of that alternative super, punk rock. Yeah, super folk of me. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, Chelsea looking to create some space at the top. Uh, I thought it was gonna be Liverpool for a bit there, mm-hmm. just based on the run of form. But, uh, you know, Brighton battling back and getting the points at Anfield. That was a nice alliteration. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and Chelsea with a plus 23 goal differential through 10 games. So, yeah, um, I like Chelsea to win the league. I know they're probably, maybe, I think actually City might have been money favorites. I think they were as well. Um, but now, obviously, it's probably pretty close between Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think I like Chelsea. I will say I saw a fantastic stat today that said since Edward Mendy joined Chelsea, mm-hmm. he's conceded 34 goals and kept 34 clean sheets. 
Wow. I thought it was 24 and 24. It might have been 34. I 34. think it was 34. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah. yeah. Either way, that is balance. As Perfectly balanced. Should be. Yeah, no, a real Thanos moment for him. And specifically pointing out, whether it's 24 or 34, that's sure. a lot of clean sheets under Tuchel. And he's clearly got the team clicking. They're 8-1-1, eight, one one, 8 wins, 1 draw, 1 loss in the league. They continue that form the rest of the season. They're going to win the league. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to rack my brain of what other teams can do or change to really contend. And I think Liverpool, in, in my mind, they should be contending. Obviously, City had a slow start, and dropping or losing to uh, Crystal Palace is, was not in the cards. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Liverpool, with the form that Mohamed Salah is in, uh, with uh, Jota and Mane alongside him, I, I don't see any reason for them not to be in a, in a dogfight at the top. Well, and it's worth noting also that Liverpool are the only team that still haven't lost. Sure. As well. So they are in flying form still. It's just they turn one of those draws like this Brighton one into when it's just kind of those lapses. Right. Those four draws that are holding them back. Whereas, yes, they have a lot of players in fantastic form. They're playing very well. But it's those moments where they're conceding goals they shouldn't, where they're dropping points against teams they necessarily shouldn't, especially from winning positions. Yeah. That you can't do if you want to win the Premier League. Right, but Brent, they're not looking to win the Premier League. They're looking just to have an invincible season. Sure. So uh, who cares? Arsenal or not they, yeah. team is on the hot seat from their invincible season. So, True. but yeah, no. All all jokes aside, I I do think that Liverpool do have the talent, but obviously that that lapse in concentration and games where they're leading. Um, could be crucial going forward and has been crucial so far. And is the reason why they're not in first place. Yeah, no, Jake, I, I completely agree. And there is one team that, well, there's a few teams we can write off as not contending for the Premier League title no, so far. just a few. Just a few. Um, some names, Manchester United. What? Arsenal. No. Probably West Ham, although they are at 20 points, so I wouldn't they're not out of off it. right now. But specifically... After a shambolic 3-0 defeat. Shambolic Spurs. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking (laughs) of. Uh, Spurs sack Nuno. Just as we predicted that the loser of the Manchester United Spurs game, the manager, would get fired. Brent, I thought we were being a little hyperbolic when we made that statement. Oh, I didn't. Really? Okay. Yeah, no, I was very serious. Um... I don't know. I, I guess it was going to take a, a 3 0 loss or worse for either sure. side. Um, in my opinion, I think if it was like a 1 0 defeat, either way, both managers stay. Possibly. Um, but yeah, just the way that Spurs lost Nuno Espirito Santo within 24 or 48 hours mm-hmm. was gone. And uh, even less than that afterwards, Antonio Conte in. And as a Spurs supporter, I'm. Very excited about it. Uh, that long-time success he had at Juve, and then going to Chelsea, winning the league, and going back to Italy and winning it with Inter. Um, very exciting stuff. Um, but Brent, uh, you've been following the Premier League and um, European football more than I have, or longer than I have, I should say. Um, so what are your thoughts on Conte and his style and his history and what he brings to Tottenham? I think one of the things that he does best is he is an incredibly malleable manager. 
It's a good word. He has won with a three five two. Mm-hmm. He's won with a five three two. He's won with a five two three. He's won with a four two four. Three four three. Three four three as well. You saw that at Chelsea yeah. in particular. And I think it's that three four three formation that you're gonna see adopted at Spurs. I could see, you know, generally speaking, they do have defenders that would work in a three back system. They have the speed. Uh, you know, between I mean, I realize you don't think of Eric Dyer as one of the fastest guys around, but as far what? as center backs go, it's not like he's the slowest center back. Either. He's no per Murtisacker from Arsenal back in the day. Eric Dyer is our fourth, is our fifth fastest center back on yeah. our team. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, but also fifth fastest center back. Yeah. How many center backs do you have? Romero's up there. Sanchez probably next fastest, and then Roden and Tanganga. Okay, fair enough. So either way, but you look at those names, <sighs> like they have covering center backs it's not like they're going to be short of pace which is one of the issues that right. he might have ran into at inter recently well it looked like you were about to say oh something. i was gonna say uh I, I watched a video i think i sent it to you um talking about harry mcguire in, in a back three yeah anyways uh, that's not that is not the player that you want in a back <laughs> three but you also then have attacking wide back somebody like regulon i think is really going to benefit from this system which i'm so excited to see because He's fine defensively, and he really tries his best. Like, he'll go right. with those tackles. Um, sometimes he gets sent flying, sent for a hot dog, sure. if you will. Um, but what really gets me excited is watching him go forward because he can get the curl on that ball where it's just going to land like perfectly in the center of the box. And we have a guy there, should have a guy there, I should say, right. in Harry Kane uh, when he does play the number nine role. Um, that can send that into the back of the net. So continue. No, no, saying, I, sorry. Uh, no, no, no problem. I was just, uh, I'm pissed that you cut me off, but, <laughs> Naturally. um, yeah, I was just gonna say you have Emerson as a right back, mm-hmm. right wing back that can do the job. You have complained before about him not being the best going forward, but yeah, can adapt. And it's not such a bad thing to have that balance. We have one wide back that stays back and one wing back that goes forward, you know, not necessarily, I realize it's not ideal, but Theoretically, going forward, you could have somebody like Lucas or Bergwijn push out to the right, have a Son drift into the middle alongside Kane, and have Regulon fill that. And going forward, you drop into a four-two-four kind of formation. If yeah, the, you know, no, that's definitely. that's how I see it going. But either way, the point just being that Conte has made a point of saying Harry Kane needs to be in the box. He needs to score goals. That's where I want him. You now have at least one wide back and a couple wingers that can provide service to him. He will not be thirty yards off you know, the forward play, trying to dictate the play. That's the job that you can get somebody like Hoybeer to do, which mm-hmm. I think Hoybeer will be amazing in this setup with Conte. I hope so. Well, you look at players like Brozovic that he used as that kind of deep-lying playmaker, kind of, you know, spreads the ball around, clean up. I think Hoybeer could be that same player for Spurs, and I think he could really benefit from the system. And as far as their season as a whole goes, Jake, I think they get a bit of a turnaround with Conte coming in. If all else, a morale boost of having... A truly world-class coach and a serial winner. I realize Jose Mourinho is a world-class coach, but he hadn't had success previously, whereas Conte has just won and won and won, and now he's in at Spurs to hopefully turn things around for him. Yeah, and he definitely does have a like a big personality, but not the same one, the same style as Jose Mourinho, where it's going to really radicalize the, the locker room and, I don't know, create some trouble i think it's going to be in it's going to motivate people in the good way it's not going to right get a reaction out of them to you know become a deli alley scenario and sure 
uh, not do well under that sort of scrutiny. But uh, yeah, I I'm excited. I I don't know if it's gonna be like a Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel last year instant kind of turnaround. I know the addition of a new manager after being in some poor form can lift a team as it did Chelsea, who ended up winning the Champions League last season. But we're not Chelsea. We don't have that squad, and I, I don't see an immediate turnaround. Turnaround. I think we maybe get a European spot. Um, I don't see us pushing for top four. I, I I would be happy with Europa League. Sure. I I think one of the things that you have to focus on with this Conte appointment too is that his system is not so dissimilar to Nuno's that the players are going to have such a hard time adjusting. It's not sure. like Tuchel coming in after Lampard and going from a four-at-the-back system to a three or a five. Spurs were already generally set up in a Nuno way to have the defensive solidity that builds a base for Conte to come in and just improve upon it with better tactics, better coaching, better player selection, hopefully, um, that I think could benefit Spurs quicker than it would for other teams, that implementation period. I agree. I don't know that they'll have the success that Chelsea did right away because that just... You can get a jolt from a new manager coming in, but it doesn't always stick around as long as it has with Tuchel. I mean, he has really revolutionized Chelsea in a way that I didn't see coming. I remember warning of the Ole effect. You know, the you start off hot and then drop, and they just haven't dropped whatsoever. So I don't know if they'll have that much success because it's a bit anomalous. But I think the three at the back system, they're already set up for it. They already have generally the players for it. They have... I mean, part of part of the hard part about playing three center backs is having enough center halves to actually complete a full season like that, and they do have it. Which, yeah, I was going to touch upon. We we really only have the five center backs, um, and so you can't do a full rotation if you're right. going into Europe or um, the cup games. But you know, January, you know, anything can happen. Exactly, we could we could pull one and have six center backs rotating, which would be awesome. But I think five is enough, uh, especially if you're just looking at the Premier League. I don't really care about the conference league. Um, and the cup games will be nice, but I think first and foremost, we need to focus on the Premier League and finishing top six, getting back to the, an actual European competition. Sure. And another thing under the new manager that I'm looking for is what players you start seeing come out of the cracks as favorites that you didn't see under the previous manager. Because like under Jose, he had to say like dire Right. Wasn't starting, and Jose came in, and Dyer started every single game. Mm-hmm. And he's become, you know, he's not a true center back, but he's become a better center back in that sure. time. And then uh, uh, Ryan Mason, interim manager, Winks and Delhi played a lot, and then Nuno came in, and Oliver Skip started playing uh, way more uh, than he had previously before his loan move. So, yeah, I'm interested to see when Conte takes over, uh, I guess – when this is dropping on Thursday, uh, they play uh, home against Vitesse, Vitesse, or however you say, say it. it. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to be very telling. It's the Conference League game. It's his first one in charge. He's had maybe one day of training. I think it's going to be way more telling what lineup he puts out for the Everton fixture. Um, so I'm excited to see that. And just overall interested in who is going to get more playing time out of this, and who's going to get shunned? I guess, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Other than I think what the Europa Conference League game coming up can be used for is more of a telltale sign of how quickly he can get his system across. 
regardless of the players being used, the man rotates a lot. He uses a full squad's worth of players, the full 23, generally speaking. And so he will be counting on rotational players throughout the season anyway, and it'll be interesting to see, yes, after you know a few days of training, how quickly yeah. are they not only responding to him, responding to his system, but, I mean, you can still expect players like Harry Kane to be playing. Sure. Um, and, and I realize it's the Europa Conference League, obviously not particularly prestigious, but they have no reason not to win it now. And if he can instill that mindset in the players where – yeah, this is the Europa Conference League. You know, we have a Premier League match this weekend, but let's take this seriously. Let's put out a strong team mm-hmm. and let's dominate the game and start off on a strong foot. I think that's better for him than risking putting out a weaker team and maybe not having the star players starting right away. But you want to get your star players rolling. You you want to get Son, Kane firing as early as possible. You want to get one center back to take command of a back three. You want somebody to step up, preferably Hoiber, as a midfield leader. And because it's a Europe game, you get five subs. So you could even True. have your players play for 60 minutes and take off your star players once you're comfortably ahead and they're all grooving and saying, yeah, this is going to work. That's how I would be approaching the situation. Brent, I don't disagree, um, especially because Spurs need to win their remaining, remaining uh, group stage games uh, f- to advance comfortably in the competition. Uh, it's a weird kind of way that they're doing it for the Euro- European yeah. Conference League. The first place teams uh, progress to, I don't know, round of 16 or something. But the second place teams, they play the Europa League teams that drop down. Gotcha. So it's like a, they get the first place team to get a bye through the next round. Gotcha. So I think it's pretty important for us to uh, finish ahead of Ren, who's going to be the other team that qualifies in that group but uh yeah i think we've uh beaten that dead horse enough probably move on to our weekly bets i just want one last question for you jake just yes or no can spurs finish in the top four not will they can they this season yep no I say no as well. <clears throat> okay. Glad we, I, well, glad we agreed on that. No, I just wanted to, like, I know that you said not like, but like, could it happen? Like, could you see them having that big of a turnaround as a Spurs fan? But... I think we have a pretty big turnaround. I think United, West Ham, I'm trying to think of who else would Arsenal. take this. No, I don't think Arsenal. I mean, they're, they're doing well. But... I think United and West Ham are better than us. Okay. I think we'll finish ahead of Arsenal. Deal. Okay. I like it. So, yeah, moving on to our weekly bets. Um, I think we got some good ones this week. I know we say that a lot, and that we tell you to bet the farm, and that we're sometimes right. But I'm really feeling good about this one, Brent. Well, and if you've lost your farm because of us already, I hope you have a backup one because mm-hmm. we're ready to bet it again. <laughs> Take out a loan. Or if you doubled or tripled your farm. Right. Be prepared to bet them all. The entire yeah. thing. Yeah, you either lose everything or win a lot. That's high stakes, baby. That's high stakes, baby. And Jake, our first high stakes is our surprise odds of the week. Yeah. Which is Aston Villa, a double chance to win or draw against Southampton at minus 124. So almost even. Which I've made a point in the past to say that we rarely pick odds that are in the minuses or below even, however you want to say it. But an Aston Villa double chance winner draw against a Southampton team coming off a win. 
mind you. Sure. But, you know, it was not the most, you know, confident and uh, They still don't look good. Sure. They don't look like a great team. Aston Villa, underperforming. Sure. I I think they're better than they're playing as right now. You get Buendia in that midfield creating chances for, I, I think they have a great front if they have Ings, Watkins, Bailly, or just a you know, combination. I guess Bailey. Bailey. Bailey, yeah. yeah. Bailly's the... Yeah, Bailly's the year. Anyway. Like, I got you. Um, I think they have a great chance of winning this game. And the fact that you get win or draw right. for minus 124 odds, I think it's a screaming deal. I think it's the security of that draw that really makes this right. a surprise to still have minus 124 odds. But Jake, moving on to our game. Leicester versus Leeds, a struggling Leeds. Mm-hmm. We are picking a Leicester side who has looked pretty good this season, and we know from years past what they can do. Coming off a 2-0 loss to Arsenal, I think they're going to bounce back with the win at plus 148 odds. Which are arguably even surprise odds worthy. Yeah, I mean, I will say Leicester are you know not a shell of themselves, but... Not the same Leicester as the past couple of years. You know what? They just beat United 4-2. But Leeds are an entirely different animal than, than last season, yeah. and not in a good way. Yeah, no, they went from a roaring lion to a feeble guinea pig. Wow. Yeah. That was descriptive. Yeah. I can see it right now. Yeah, can you picture it? I can picture that, it. That morph into It's like that, pig? have you seen the book covers for Animorphs? Yeah. Yeah, so it's this like... This is a lot like that. But, <laughs> but it's in reverse. Right. They're morphing from the big lion into the guinea pig. I know right. it's a human to an animal. Well, usually, but whatever. But, that's not the point. But yeah, so <laughs> the point is, Leicester win over Leeds at plus 148. <laughs> and, you know, you over double your farm. <laughs> exactly. No, the farm's going to be looking really good. It's going to be looking better after our player. Mm-hmm. Guess where? For me, Jake, I still think Son will start midweek play 60 minutes play 60 50 maybe even only 45 but then he'll come into this everton game at the weekend and score at plus 200 odds brent i love that i want to touch upon what you just said real quick because something that upsets me is that the way that at least tottenham managers in the past Mm -hmm. have handled these european games or cup games against teams that we should beat is that they'll start a, a mediocre starting 11 sure. and then sub out all the good players in the 65th, right. 70th minute. To go work really and hard. And be like, yeah, go work yeah. really hard and get us this result. We need it now. Instead of just starting them from the beginning, going up two goals, and then slowly subbing them out. Yeah. Anyways. Look. I frustrating. It's a, that's a very common coach thing to do like men do that all the time absolutely hate it i've never understood it in the sense that start a few of them sure how tired are they really i know they could get hurt yeah players can get hurt at any time you know just just start some good players but yeah sorry i i had to vent about you were feeling very passionate yeah um but yeah shingman's son against an everton team which we we just saw over the weekend did not look great no they did not especially the weekend prior against watford Mm -hmm. so coming off two disappointing results i think that kind of snowballs they still won't have dcl where charleston doesn't look the same up top there without him and no decor in the midfield to clean up any messes and create chances so i think sun to score at plus 200 great seems free right 
but not as free as our Pirates Code bet of the week. Parlay. We have Norwich. Nor- Norwich. Please. Sorry. Norwich. Yeah, thank you. You cannot pronounce the W in there, or oh, they yeah. will... Well, yeah, we'll they being kids you? on TikTok. Yeah, kids on TikTok. Yeah. British kids on TikTok will crucify you. Um, or at least make you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Norwich, win or draw against Brentford, who lost their goalkeeper last week. And did not look Lost good. this week. Yeah. Who did they lose to? Burnley. Oh, my. For Burnley's first win? No. Yeah, 3-1, right? Was that the first win? Yeah. That's bad. So, uh... A Brentford team coming off a tough result, losing their keeper. Morale is low. Norwich, we just need a win or a draw. Combine that with under two and a half goals. Which, adding some context, the past five times that these two teams have played, Norwich 1-0, 1-1 draw, 1-1 draw, Norwich 1-0, and then Brentford 2-1, but that was back in 2016. So That was years. That was five years that ago. That doesn't even that doesn't count. count. It's a yeah. totally different team. But the other results... Do very telling all under two and a half goals, Norwich win or draw in all four of those, right? Uh, yeah, so I love it. If you think history repeats itself, we've got the bet for you. As a history major, former history major, I, I do, yeah. So plus 240, and you combine those odds, um, in the same game parlay. And I don't know, Brent. I I'm feeling pretty good about it. I might go out and buy another farm just so I can bet it. Everybody once in a while needs a betting farm, you know, like a spare one that you have on the side that you're you're willing to gamble. And this is one of those. So it's like in Fast and the Furious when they like bet the pink slip on on their vehicle. So yep. if you lose, you you get the car. We're doing the same thing, but gambling with our farms. Right. Because we're more rural. You know? Not to be confused with Farmville. These are actual farms. Real farms. These aren't virtual farms. We plow the land. We work hard. We in the reap sun. what we sow. Yeah, every time. And we've got some gnarly farmer stands to prove it. And we are wildly risky with these farms. I mean, we bet them all the time. It's like we don't even care about them. <laughs> it's like we don't care about them. Whatsoever, but what I do care about, Jake, is that our whiskey's gone. Quick shout out because we are recording in a different location. We are at my place instead of Brent's, mm-hmm. and we are just using the whiskey I have on hand. Sure. So shout out to my friend Nick who brought us this bottle from St. Augustine, Florida, from St. Cool. Augustine Distillery. Just some bourbon whiskey, and yeah. uh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Very smooth. But Brent, um, sorry to interrupt. You were saying the whiskey's gone. It is. So are the topics. Are they? They're all up. I guess so. Maybe a shorter episode, but I love it. Yeah, Short I, don't, I don't hate it. We're, we're, it's because we're super comfortable on this couch. very yeah. relaxed. You got your legs up and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm going to kick back, stay a while. Oh, my goodness. Take your top off. Stay a while. Brent's going to stay over, and we're going to watch Infinity War. Yep. And that's the end. That's it from the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. That dress code being jammies. We'll see you next time. time.